1: welcome back
2: to the second hour of gun freedom radio where we engage we educate and we inform we are sponsored by azfirearms.com the biggest little gun shop in arizona speaking
3: of az firearms yesterday we were closed but today we're open for veterans day and we're giving Uh, special discounts for veterans. Absolutely. I know that's only going to be a couple more hours, but... uh,
2: 10% off for veterans and 5% off for those who love our veterans. (laughs) walk
3: by and say hello.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. We have a wonderful guest waiting in the wings for us. Uh, And the theme of our show today is, you know, the election's decided. So now what? And our next guest is all about looking ahead and working toward positive changes, Maj Teray is the founder of Black Guns Matter. He is a solutionary, I love that word, hip-hop artist and activist from North Philly. He founded Black Guns Matter Movement in 2015 and advocates for Second Amendment education and conflict de-escalation for urban communities. I, I just admire that so much. Maj, are you with us?
4: Yes, I am. What's going on?
2: Well, we are excited to have you on uh, for multiple reasons. But first, I want to ask you about the class you just held last night. Did I see that you had three hundred people show yep. up?
4: Yeah, we, we had a great turnout over there at Stoddard Gun Range in uh northeast, uh, excuse me, north uh, west uh, Atlanta, Georgia. It was it was wonderful. So much uh, information. You know, so many good instructors. Uh, one, the, the store alone and the range is, is amazing. But um, it, it, I mean, it was it was it was top notch. I mean, so many people came out. It was such so many positive so much positive energy. Um, babies, like in strollers, you know, from till to seventy years old. So we had a good turnout, and yeah, it was over about three hundred people.
2: That is phenomenal. And so when when they're showing up, what is it they're expecting and and do you find people that show up and maybe it's not exactly what they thought or does everybody really understand what it is you're doing and what it is you're teaching?
4: Yes. The people that show up in roles, they for the most part, the general public that comes to our situation, they're trying to learn they know that they don't they don't have an understanding of certain things. They're coming for basic knowledge and a lot of times uh, it's people that know they have a love for firearms, uh, know they want, want to know a little bit more about protecting themselves, uh, exercising their human rights, but they've never had somebody from our demographic explain it to them or present it to them in a way that they, they understood. A lot of times we make it the mistake in the Second Amendment community uh, because we're so studious, we kind of forget the people that have, haven't been put on the path yet. So everybody that comes to our uh, Uh, event is trying to be put on a path because they know that they don't know, but they just have a passion for something. So everyone's most of the time, very clear um, and they're satisfied with the information we present them because we're just there to put them on a path and link them with reputable people from their community.
2: That's fantastic. So you're, you, you talk about, I mean, how basic do you go? Do you say, okay, here is a gun and and here's the parts of it. And here, like how, where do you start and where do you end up in the course of a class?
3: What we first
4: what we started is, is informing people from urban demographics about the Second Amendment and philosophically what that means for them. A lot of times, you know, people in urban areas are very, they they can uh, be made to feel very disenfranchised. You know, they say things like, "Oh, that you know, the Constitution isn't really for me." A lot of times, things because civics aren't uh, taught in, in in poor communities but deliberately, in my opinion. A lot of times, we feel like we we aren't we don't have a part of the American dream. You know, so. One, by expressing to that community, you know, my community, what the Second Amendment is about, how it defends all other rights and your beliefs, and it has nothing to do with how much money you make, starting there philosophically is, uh, is is a great space, you know, especially when you're dealing with people that feel like, you know, they haven't, and to be quite frankly, you know, to be quite honest about it, a lot of times they, they've been deliberately made to feel like that. So
5: mm-hmm. when they feel
4: as if they they've been disenfranchised or left out of the mix. And when they have someone like me that has the informational guides that we bring along that have way more information than even myself, that can give them that and give them a sense of empowerment, mm. it's, 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 I mean, it's, it, it, you can see their faces change. Because you go from feeling like, you know, I'm not a part of this. I'm, I'm on the outside to, hey, no, you're a part of this. What we do in America, we actually can have built and continue to build this. And this is how you limit government to protect your own politics you know and that's the angle that i think is left out a lot of times in a lot of um uh urban outreach initiatives or just just in general anything that deals with the hood you know it's still you know it has to it has to be inclusionary you can't you know mm-hmm. judge or be negative you know so when they get those you know lists of things that start philosophically with the second amendment how that means to limit government to exercise our human rights it's a great place to start and then off top then we can hit them with you know the uh the firearms uh Parts, you know, revolvers, semi-automatic, long gun, things like that. We go through all that in the class, but you have to start philosophically so you can tie that technical information to an actual reason and why that's beneficial to you.
2: Well, you are changing families' legacies. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you understand how huge that is, or if you're just busy doing the work. But I am so excited to hear you know what you're offering to people and that they are hungry for it they're not pushing back against you they're hungry for it and i just that gives me so much hope for the future and and just thank you for doing that work so this your event last night clearly is on the other side of the election and sure. you know we it, I don't think I'm saying anything that's shocking, but historically speaking and generationally speaking, a lot of the black urban communities and citizens have voted Democrat. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're seeing we turn on the news and there's protests and then there's riots and there's people in college that have to lay on the floor and have their blankie or something. And Mm -hmm. so what what reaction are you did you hear in the class last night? Is there hope and elation? Is there fear? Like, what are you hearing
4: I, I, the, the beauty of our classes is because this is where neglect becomes your ally. My community has felt so neglected for so long and harassed. And when I say my community, I mean again the urban area. It's not a race component. That's a that's a you know a lot of my white friends that grew up two blocks from me. You know those guys have the same feeling of man that's not for us. You know so the conditioning about that has, turns into. We're not thinking about what a president is going to do for us. The people that come to our classes are thinking about how can I defend and protect what's ours and how can we protect our community? How can how, how can we wrestle power back into the hands of our of the people, basically? So as far as, you know, whoever won the election, you know, it's, it was light talk generally. But for the most part, our community knows that we cannot because historically it hasn't happened. We can't depend on any politician, especially not. On a federal level, you have to do the work. Now you have to hold people accountable in city. You have, first and foremost, you hold all politicians accountable, no doubt. However, you you have more of an impact in city and state uh, politics because it's immediate; it's right there. So because of that, our community understands that whoever's in office, we have to do. I'm thankful that you know so many people weren't sheep and didn't follow you know follow the the, the historical you know oh because I'm a Democrat I have to vote Democrat. You know, I'm mm-hmm. loving that more people are focusing on, you know, in my community, we're having discussions about the Electoral College and what that means. And you know, how, how a popular vote is one part of it, but the, on a federal level, the Electoral College plays a bigger part. You know, so I'm glad that we're having that conversation. And that, that was more the conversation last night in regards to politics. The beauty of it also was, we, we do have a president-elect that says, he is for the Second Amendment and wants to defend firearm, you know, uh, firearm rights for the citizens of, of America. And that's great. You know, and I, I commend and champion anyone that says that. But I, I go overboard and and support any politician that actually follows up with their saying, you know, Absolutely. I had high hopes in 08, you know, and I, and I voted, even though I've been a Republican for, you know, my entire voting life. Mm-hmm. I voted for Barack Obama in 08. And the first thing he did was read it reinstate the Patriot Act. That is that is not a patriotism act. That is a, that is a, to me that looks like a rag of terrorism, in my opinion. You know, so uh, my my hopes uh, in waiting for a politician. I'm an adult now. I was a lot younger and more naive in 2008. Mm-hmm. You know, that's almost 10 years ago. You know, so a, a decade later, I'm fully aware that you know around election time, people say things. People say things. You know, now if if, if President-elect Trump follows through. I'll champion him. I, I, I'm looking forward to this presidency hopefully being as impactful and, and, and as changing, even if people may disagree with certain aspects of it and aspects of him. We're looking forward to having a, a president that uh, pushes the envelope like no other president has done since, in my opinion, John F. Kennedy. Mm. You know? Yes. So until then, until the, the word, you know, it's something behind them words. We're watching, but at the same time, we work it. We, we're not going to wait on
2: anybody. Well, and and that's part of what I had said at the top of the first hour is that we don't get the the privilege to just sit back and go, okay, the work is done. The guy's in office. We have to continue to show up, continue to speak out, continue to let all of our representatives, local, state, and federal, know what how they can best serve us. And you are putting your time, and your money, and your heart, and your soul where your mouth is. And Absolutely. you're such a great example to everyone. This isn't a color thing. This isn't a, a culture thing. This This is an America thing. And if we don't know our history, then how can we form our future? You know, it's true. If you don't know your history, you're going to repeat it. I'm tired yep. of seeing it repeated across the globe.
4: Right. And that's, that's the concept of us training people as citizens to be solutionary. Revolving around the same issue like the earth revolves around the sun, you're in the same place. You're in the same place, you're just going around the same circle. We don't want to revolve. You know That's why I've given myself a timeline of 10 years to, for, for putting all of my energy into the Second Amendment fight. If I can't make a dent and a huge impact in the Second Amendment, then what am I doing here in, in 10 years, in a decade? You know, So we're not going to keep revolving around the same issue. We're going to be solutionary. We're going to see the problem. We're going to apply that solution, and we never have to have this discussion again. That's, that's what real power is about.
3: Ma, power Cheryl, said, Cheryl said I could talk, so I, I get <laughs> to say something. Hey, um, we need one of you in every state. You're doing an yeah. awesome job, and I'm very proud to know you.
4: Thank you. Thank you so much.
3: Well, absolutely. And we've got to run to commercial, but you'll stay with us through the commercial?
4: Absolutely.
2: Fantastic. All right. Well, we've got Maj Ture, founder of Black Guns Matter, talking to us about uh, solutionary, solutionary ideas, finding solutions for things, conflict de-escalation, Second Amendment education. These are phenomenal things. And we do need one of Maj in every state. Stick around and find out more about him so maybe you can be the Maj in your state. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And on the line, we have been talking with Maj Teray. Now, Maj founded a group called Black Guns Matter. He is from North Philly, and he goes into the urban communities teaching Second Amendment education. He teaches conflict de-escalation, and he teaches about our history and the reasons why we have a Second Amendment and how people can can find their part, why they belong, or why the Second Amendment belongs to them and their lives, because so many people have been kind of disenfranchised from that and separated from that over the course of years. And uh, Maj, as we bring you back on, I want to talk about how you have become a contributor for the NRA's America's first freedom magazine. And you've written several articles since we last had you on the air. And the one that I wanted to tap into today is called Chirac matters. I think shy, I'm, I'm probably saying that wrong, but you
4: are totally butchering it.
2: I am not surprised. I'm going to let you say it correctly, but Chirac. Oh, like Chicago Chicago and Iraq. Yes, exactly. I don't know what I was saying. Don't listen to me. Listen to Maj. He's got this down. Um, And it's basically what I read was it's talking about the triad of responsibility between in in a, uh, a community between gangs, police, and the citizens. And if I have that right, <laughs> uh, talk to us about that, um, because we're, we're in a new place, hopefully, now in our country as we move into 2017 with a, a new president.
4: Right. What, what happened in that in that scenario, when we, we had a, our uh, Black Guns Matter class in Chicago, what we noticed in, in communicating with the actual people, uh, you know, being objective and hearing it, you know, first, on first account from them, what we noticed was, whether the, the, the citizens felt trapped by, you know, certain portions of law enforcement and certain portions of gang criminal act you know, criminals in their, their community. Um, and this is straight from their mouth. Uh, we, they, we, they started to express how, you know, they had a feeling of being boxed in. And we also noticed that a lot of the gang community and law enforcement, uh, some of those guys had similar views on how they were dealing with people in the community, as opposed to we actually are here to protect the actual community which was the, you know, the original reason for law enforcement to, you know, peace officers to exist. Um, And, you know, some organizations like the Bloods and the Crips, Blood Standing for Brotherly Love, Overcoming Oppressive Domination, Crip Community uh, Revolution in Progress. These are the the origins of these, you know, organizations. And how far a cry that was from what, you know, the people in Chicago saw that the citizens felt that they were getting from both sides of that. You know, and it was an interesting thing because both of those, you know, law enforcement and gang members both professed their disdain and we're we're nothing like those other guys, you know, but the citizens were telling a different story. And that's based on the misinformation that was based on the the horrible training. And that was based on um, just a general uh, feeling of this isn't a sense of community from both sides. And that's, you know, that's the citizens telling that story to us. And it was amazing that from that, we could give them something to empower themselves against negative portions of law enforcement because that exists. That that exists in the urban environment to defend themselves against negative portions of guys and, and girls in the community that are supposed to be for the community but aren't. You know, so it was just a very interesting. You know, like you said, a triad. It was it was it was an interesting pyramid, and I was I was I was more than happy to uh, to to get that you know out of just their mouths put it on the paper and get it, you know, share that, you know, with America's First Freedom and, you know, the rest of the country.
2: Well, it's was such an interesting article, and I really recommend everybody take the time to read it because especially, you know, how, you know, the gangs and the police keep pointing to each other and saying we're nothing like that, and yet their tactics, I think you were mm-hmm. saying, are just, they're identical. They just wear yep. different clothes.
4: Yep, and even down to, you know, wearing a uniform, a color, you know, it's, it's, it's a gang. And I'm not saying that gangs are. I'm, a, I'm the first person to say this. Because someone asked me this, you know, a week or so ago. Oh, you're saying that gang culture is bad? No, I'm saying negativity and ignorance in anything, you know, is bad. If if, if you're at a Eagles game, we're historically a very aggressive sports city, Philadelphia. If you're at an Eagles game and and, and and your team loses and you're at home and you 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 guys are all wearing the Eagles jerseys and you you know, beat up or brutalize somebody, you know, the Green Bay Packers for wearing a jersey and you're not handling that in a sportsman-like conduct way, then you're a gang. And that's a negative portion manifesting through that gang. Now, if you, you know, guys have a drink after the game, oh, good game, and you still are repping whatever your team is, and you're able to have a respectful understanding of even in this stadium, we're all still a community regardless of what uh, jersey you have on, then that gang situation turns into something productive. We have to be very careful. You know, I have friends that are gang members or, ex, you know, offenders that are some of the most community-based, loving, supportive men and women that I've ever met in my life. And I have guys that I grew up with that are law enforcement that are the worst people that I'd, I'd ever want to meet in a dark alley, you know. So the uniform isn't necessarily the bad thing, just like a firearm is a bad tool. It's the person and the mentality behind it, in the uniform, in the jersey, in, you know, behind the firearm. And that's why we have to, you know, at Black Guns Matter, reach out to so many people from the urban demographic to make sure that their their mind is right. So when they put that uniform on and have that tool, they're well-equipped to be, you know, an upstanding citizen for the people.
3: Marge, we've had, uh, you know, Obama for eight years now. And in my opinion, it seems to me that the race relations and the gangs, all this other stuff that's going on, is worse than... It was before he was put in office. Do you do you have a comment on that?
4: No, I don't think it was worse. I think the technology's gotten better.
3: Hmm.
4: I think that I think that you know uh, uh, Rodney King happened. I don't even know how many years ago. Mm-hmm. Then, uh-huh. You know, the footage was still grainy because that was just somebody happened to have a you know a camcorder. Mm-hmm. Now everyone ha- I, ha- I you know I'm on an iPhone seven six plus whatever one it is. You know, everyone has a camera now. So I think that, you know, I think it's almost also a little bit blame victim for us to point just at Obama in that situation Okay. Mm-hmm. without looking at other factors, too. Again, iPhones changed the game, and that was around eight or ten years ago. Right, iPhones changed the game, and these things, it's like when, you know, when we say from the urban community, for a lot of guys that, you know, understand what the Black Lives Matter movement is supposed to be or was initially started to be, you know... They understand that when I go through my neighborhood, my interactions with a lot of law enforcement officers are not positive. The irony is, I think that that's a small section of law enforcement, and I think that that part is also sensationalized via the media. And because everyone has a camera in their phone in their pocket, you know, um, there's 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 just more exposure of it. And the problem is, a lot of those officers or community people people in the community that are doing negativity. The guys that are doing the positive things aren't checking those guys. They, they're not saying, you know, if, if, if you're in the same precinct and you see a guy doing something wrong, you need to pull him to the side. And not just in the locker room. In, the, in that event, you need to pull him to the side, you know. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening is technology is speeding up and the frustrations are being more clear because it's more evident. And the media has a vested interest in keeping that going. Well, amen to that. May, you know what I'm saying? They make they make money off that. You yes. know, they they, they they can elect and, and influence policies based off that camera, based off that lens. You know, so I don't necessarily want to just blame it on, you know, uh, President Obama. Yeah, I, I, again, I do blame a lot of things that he could have he could have directly handled differently. I do. But for that one, I think it's always been there. I think that because it's been there and because it's more visible now, I think now more than ever. Everybody from an urban envir- environment uh, specifically, not limited to, should be more on top of their Second Amendment rights, should be more on top of their training, should be more in the gym, should be watching their diet, should be reading, should be studying, should be listening You know, to shows like this, to inform themselves with alternative media and not be sheep. Because there's hyenas, wolves, and all other types of, you know, uh, predators outside, and you have to not be lunch meat, you know? Mm. So it's very important that we, you know, inform ourselves and train ourselves more than just, you know, having this internet revolution. We need to actually put the work in because it's just as bad as it has been. So that means you have to work just as good to get a better outcome.
3: You know, I, I lived in South Phoenix, which at the time would be considered probably an urban area, And, uh, you know, looking back at what you're saying now, the police are different in that area than they are, let's say, where I live now. Mm -hmm. And so I can understand that. But I think it's also up to the citizens that live in those areas to be educated like what you're doing Mm -hmm. to uh, put respect for the law enforcement. And the law enforcement may put respect on them, you know.
4: Right. Right. I I I think we've gotten away from the concept of, you know, which is very key. The government works for us. And that Constitution is designed to limit government. Mm-hmm. Our human rights manifested in the Bill of Rights, these are inalienable, God-given, whatever you call God's rights.
5: Mm-hmm. No government
4: can give them to you. No government can take them away from you. That is that, that that portion of civics is deliberately not taught in urban areas
5: mm. because
4: it gives you a sense of understanding of what's going on here. Now, if they could switch it in 180 it and make you think that, oh, we have to do exactly what the government says, they already want because they have your mind. They have your mind. I don't even have to think about your body. You know, so that's that's exactly what needs to happen. More people from urban environments need to go, wait a minute, this is the protocol, this is the code of conduct, this is the standard. We're going to maintain a certain level of professionalism in our community police interaction. A good law enforcement officer, a good peace officer understands (laughs) that and knows that he or she is, the job is intended to serve, not obligated to protect but you're here to serve the community. And if not, we are no longer going to be in the space where you can just do anything to us, American citizens. You're not going to just be able to do anything to us without any type of you know, repercussions, because that's it's not okay. The government works for us. It is not the other way around. We have inalienable human rights, and we are going to manifest and exercise those rights regardless. Now, it's going to be a hard fight, but if more and more people in high urban population areas are on that, then we'll get, you know, the type of uh, 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 limited government and and good citizenship that the founding fathers spoke to.
3: But we have to have that fight with peace and respect.
4: Absolutely. Well, I'll say this. Yes. But I'm not going to limit it to that. Not. There's going to the initial thing is peace and respect. But when the founding fathers were initially peacefully, respectfully saying to Britain, (laughs) hey, we don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) Good point. You you understand? And when Britain continued to, uh, you know, be oppressive and tyrannical, our founding fathers shot them. Mm -hmm. Period. Mm -hmm. That's what the Second Amendment represents. We are going to keep you in check by any means necessary. Uh, Obviously, we'd love to do it. We're talking about American citizens. American people are not weak people. Amer- the American public has been conditioned over time to become less and less patriotic, mm. less and less patriotic. Our patriot, re- patriotic responsibility to ourselves, to our community, to our future, to our children, to our grand, 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 grandchildren, is to stop the foolery that's going on right now. We are in a ty- we are in a tyrannical situation. Period. Now, diplomatically, we can handle these things. You know, with uh, Economic choice. We can handle these things with voting people for office. We can handle things uh, with information. This this particular you know public servant voted in favor of restricting my human rights. He or she will no longer be in office based on an organized uh, attempt to remove that person from their office.
5: Mm-hmm. You are not
4: fit to get these you know our dollars for this job if you are not speaking to our needs because we're your constituency. Mm-hmm. Now, when that happens over time and people are uh, in positions of power, rich people that we'll probably never meet want to use those same law enforcement officers, good guys, as puppets to execute a political agenda. And if those men don't, uh, you know, uh, or and women, don't see the game, we have to explain the game to them. And then if they continue to be foot soldiers for tyranny, Whatever happens to you happens to
2: you. Wow.
4: Obviously, everybody wants diplomacy. But war <clears throat> is diplomacy and politics by a different means.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I love I love the way that you phrased all of that and especially, you know, going back to, you know, when we had to take this country away from tyranny. It was it was nice as long as they let it be nice, and then we got to a, a point where it couldn't be nice anymore. Um, and and I, I'm hoping that we've turned that corner now and we, we can go to, to diplomatic um resources uh more easily. Uh, Absolutely, with this, this new administration when they uh, step into office in, in January. But we have got to wrap up before we run away. Maj, will you please tell people how they can follow you? Uh, learn more about when your next class is and where your next class is, and uh, then we'll we'll head out to commercial.
4: Yeah. Um. And, and if anyone wants to contact me, I'm on social media: Twitter, Instagram at Maj Toure, M um, A J T O U R E. Facebook is my name, uh, Maj Toure. Uh, official Black Guns Matter underscore Maj Toure. If anyone uh, that can hear this wants to support what we're doing, we are completely funded by the people. We we no, no one is in our pocket. No one decides what we do other than the people. So if you'd like to support that, you know, our GoFundMe page is GoFundMe.com backslash Black Guns Matter. I don't care if it's a $10 donation. Whatever you got and if you want to support, absolutely, we appreciate it. Um, and other than that, I mean, even outside of the work, if you just, you know, if you're having a rough day, if you want to talk, if you want to communicate, if you want to, you know, we got to, we got to be there to support each other mentally, spiritually, you know, just sometimes people just need a, you know, a, a ear. If you need an ear, I'm available. I don't care if it's four o'clock in the morning. You follow me, DM me, ask me questions. I'll try to get you the answer and let's move forward together.
2: Fantastic. Love the message. And uh, I've gotten so addicted to my daily Maj. It's what I call your Instagram
7: <laughs> videos. <laughs>
2: I I love those because you do. You talk, you take a holistic approach. You talk about, you know, get up early, get out there, you know, get your blood pumping, keep your body healthy, keep your mind healthy. That that is an awesome message, Maj. Thank you so much for for taking time and beyond on with us
4: again. Thanks, y'all. I'll talk to y'all soon.
2: Thanks for all you do, Maj Teray. Black guns matter. All right. So just after this commercial break. We will come back and talk to another podcaster who's part of the Self-Defense Radio Network, Mr. Lloyd Bailey of the Armed Lutheran Radio.
0: Hi, I'm Bob Main. Now that you have your concealed carry license, I think you and I probably both know that that class probably wasn't really training. Have you ever thought about getting some training beyond your concealed carry license. Well, that's why Ben Branham and I decided to call our classes Beyond Concealed Carry. We're going to teach you how to move and shoot, how to shoot one-handed, even how to shoot and make hits without the use of your sights. And if that's something for you and you think you'd like to take advantage of that, as a Self-Defense Radio Network listener, you can get nice discounts on the classes and the subsequent video programs for reinforcement. All you have to do is visit the listener discount page at selfdefenseradio.net and put in the password SDRN, all lowercase. Again, the listener discount page and all lowercase, S-D-R-N. Hope to see you at a class soon.
1: Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio,
2: where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And we are talking to some awesome people today. Our theme is the election is decided. So now what? Right? Is it is it a hopeful time? Is it a scary time? I guess it depends on which side of the political aisle you're on, but, but as American citizens, I think it's a, it's a wonderful time. I think that we should just all come together and, and help this be a hopeful time rather than pulling against the, the message of hopefulness. And if you're worried about what your representatives are going to do, get engaged, write the emails, make the phone calls. You know, Marching down the streets, that's fine. Nothing wrong with it, as long as it doesn't turn into a destructive riot. But, you know, help your representatives serve you well by getting tapped in. And uh, our next guest is doing his part because he actually has his own podcast. He spends time putting together a podcast to help get, get the word out about what's important to him and, and helping other people understand why the things that are important to him might be important to them as well. Our next guest is Lloyd Bailey of the Armed Lutheran Radio, a weekly podcast about faith, firearms, and freedom. Lloyd, are you with us?
8: I am. Hi, Cheryl.
2: Hi, and my husband Dan is here as well. Hi, Dan. Hi, Lloyd. So we, uh, my goodness, where are we in the world? What What are you thinking about uh, what happened on Tuesday night?
8: It's funny. Um, I did a round, t- excuse my voice, I got a little bit of a cold this morning. Um I had a round table with my contributors last night talking about the election, and I think everybody's pretty hopeful. Um, I went into Tuesday night thinking that Hillary was probably going to win, um, but was pleasantly surprised when she didn't.
5: Mm-hmm.
8: And um, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, that we'll see some positive change out of this, especially on the, on the gun rights issues.
3: So Lloyd, I agree with you, I think it's going to be great. Um, what made you start uh, the podcast, Armed Lutheran Radio?
8: I started blogging back in um in two thousand twelve. I started a blog called the armed lutheran and and i was started thinking about the issues surrounding you know uh, gun ownership and self-defense and uh, I wanted to know as a Christian, you know what does the Bible say about this because and uh, what does God think about this because uh if you d- go online and you do any any research you're going especially uh in the aftermath of some of these big uh, tragedies like Newtown you're going to find a lot of misleading information about you know what what the bible says about um guns and gun rights and um i started doing my own research and doing my own thinking on it and and reading and uh, i decided i would start a blog to talk about some of the um the ethical and and religious issues around self defense and and gun control and gun rights and then um i've always loved radio i i, I my first job out of college was a small market uh, radio station in western north carolina and um uh never lost the love for radio um just couldn't make any money at it so um uh I'd talked to some people like Ken Blanchard and and uh had been listening to to people like Bob Maine for years and and thought you know I'll I'll give this thing a try and uh Ken Blanchard actually said hey if you want to do it just do it uh don't don't wait around go ahead and you know take the leap so um I started planning out a podcast in January of this year and um originally thinking it's going to be sort of an audio version of the blog and it's sort of morphed into what it is now. I've I've taken on some uh, some great contributors. I I I am truly blessed to have really good people working with me. Um, sergeant Bill Sylvia came on. He's a friend of mine who um, is a sergeant with the Dallas Police Department. He started. Uh, I invited him to do a a weekly tip segment for competitive shooting because I like shooting IDPA. Um, and then we added um, Aaron Israel, who is a, a, a combat focused shooting certified trainer. he does a weekly self defense tip segment. Um, Pastor John Bennett from uh, St. John's Lutheran Church in Willow Creek, Minnesota, joined us to, because uh, I had this idea, I wanted to do a segment where I took those articles that I was talking about and tried to take them apart from the from a, you know, from the standpoint of good, um, biblical interpretation, and I didn't feel like I was well enough equipped to do that. So I, I sent out a request on my Facebook page and said, hey, would anybody like to—any any ordained Lutheran pastors, you want to join me in this and give this a try? And I originally envi- envisioned it being sort of a you know, different people each week, and Pastor John Bennett volunteered, and the guy is, uh, is amazing. He knows uh, the theology as well as he knows the gun—he's a gun guy— so he knows the the Second Amendment stuff. He knows the the facts, and he'll he'll spout facts just right off the top of his head, and numbers. And plus, he knows the theology. So we take apart a um, uh, an article, usually every week or every couple of weeks. We'll get one of these articles, and we'll just take it apart. And it's and it's a fantastic segment. And I really that was the segment that I I was really hoping the show would be kind of all about to give people information about. You know, what does what does the Bible say about these things? And and are the things that you're reading in the media are they accurate? Um, does the Bible really say that, you know, Christians should be pacifists? No, it doesn't. Um, so that segment um that segment added on about um I guess it was week eight. And then about week twenty-five, I added um I interviewed Mia Anstein, who is um uh, a guide and hunter and firearms instructor who's only the third woman ever to appear on the the cover of uh, um, field and stream and um, my wife had been pushing me to add uh, some female voices and some uh, and address some uh, women's issues on the show. I guess you figured there was too much testosterone so <laughs> <laughs> so um, I asked Mia if she would be interested in doing a, a segment on the show, and it turns out she's a confessional Lutheran. Same, she's in the Missouri Senate. I'm in the Missouri Senate, um, and um, uh, so she's been doing a, a segment on the show, talking about um, hunting and and um, you know teaching, and, and her tips are from a a completely different perspective than everybody else. And it's really a refreshing segment. So uh, the show has turned out completely differently than I originally envisioned it. And it's so much better than I ever dreamed. And it's all thanks to the great people that I have working with me.
3: Wow. Well, you've got a great voice for radio and I continue, hope you uh, continue success with that. And when Ken Blanchard says you're okay, you're okay. <laughs> Absolutely. So what do you think? I'm excited about uh, Trump uh, getting elected. And what do you think our future holds with that?
8: I I think um, I think things look very good. I, I'm I'm reservedly optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not a Trump guy. Uh, I was not in the never Trump movement. I was a never Hillary person from the from the beginning.
5: Mm-hmm.
8: Um, and I'm optimistic that he'll surround himself with good people. Mm-hmm. But I think I suspect we're going to probably have to, and and this is true, it, no matter who we elect, really, we're going to have to hold our, our representatives' feet to the fire because they've absolutely. They let us down for the last eight years in, in in so many different ways, and that's the reason that we got Trump.
3: And that's why our podcasts and our radio shows are super important because we have to remind the people that we have to keep on our politicians to make sure they do what they said they were going to do.
8: Oh, absolutely.
2: Well, we've got to wrap up. That went fast. My goodness. Um, tell folks how they can follow what you do and and tap into this Christian uh, niche in the in the gun world because that is kind of a, a, a unique perspective. Unfortunately, it shouldn't be unique. But uh, tell folks how they can follow you.
8: Uh, you can find us. We're a member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. You can find us at armedlutheran.us. Um, Or you can follow us on Facebook at uh, The Armed Lutheran or on Twitter at Armed Lutheran.
2: Fantastic. Lloyd, thank you so much for taking the time and being here with us and giving us a little peek inside of of what you do and the reasons behind it. And I I just have to encourage people to tune in. They will not be disappointed. So Lloyd Bailey of the Armed Lutheran Radio.
8: Thank you, guys. I appreciate it.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for all you do. Bye-bye. Okay, so coming up, we still have, of course, our Responsibly iron Citizen Report and Dan's commentary. Um.
9: Don
6: Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is
0: the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to SAF.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today.
7: Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's SAF.org. Welcome back
2: to Gun Freedom Radio. Where we engage, we educate, and we inform. And I think today was a stellar example of all three of those things. And we are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I just really do, Dan, consider it such a privilege, such a blessing, and such an honor to be able to reach out and connect and talk with such a, a variety. Of people, and it just shows what uh, a mixed bag really the firearms community is. And for anybody to think that they could lump us all together under one uh, stereotype is truly just—it's a ridiculous and it's a laughable idea because we are so varied. We are a slice of America. Well, could they just say we're deplorables? <laughs> well. Someone did, but uh, we don't have to talk about that anymore because we have a new day ahead of us. We have a hopeful future ahead of us that hopefully the constitution of this great nation will have a revival. That's what I feel like there's a there's a, a possible a possibility for a revival for people to understand, well, why did you vote for Trump? Well, it's about the Constitution for many of us. Well, what, is it, wh- what does that mean? Why don't you look it up for yourself? Check out the Constitution. You won't know, hurt you. better ya. than that?
3: Don't, don't do that. Just go to D.C. and look at the Constitution because it will do something to you. Mm. And, you know, I've been there, tw- what, three times? Twice we looked at the, the, yeah. the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Went there with the... Uh, in relatives. the last year. We'd never yeah, gone our whole lives in right. the last year. And, we've been and, there three times. And let me tell you that when I, when I was near that constitution, there's a feeling that you get inside. And then now that we have a president-elect that's going to uh, uphold the constitution, what a meaning. So go there. Go and look at it. It will change your whole thought process.
2: Absolutely. And we have pocket-sized constitutions. Did you know that the entire constitution... Is small enough, concise enough to fit in your pocket. And we'd love to send you a copy. Just write to us at talk at gunfreedomradio.com. The word talk, because that's what we do here, we talk at gunfreedomradio.com and just say, send me a constitution. I'd I'd be thrilled to do that. Uh free of charge. The stamps even on me. So you know, take the time, learn about our history. Uh, If you haven't read the Constitution, it's kind of hard to ask anybody to uphold what's in it or argue against the actions that they take that are in it or are not in it. So educate yourself. All right. So it is time for our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report.
6: Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way.
2: As we talk today about our responsibly armed citizen report. I want you to think about the forces out there, the organized groups of people, the so-called movements, and the politicians that would, if given the chance, have willingly been on danger's side of this story. I want you to think of how much different this story would have been if the rights restrictors win out in people's minds and convince us to create more restrictive laws about gun ownership. After all, some of them say that the elderly aren't capable of handling a firearm. Better to disarm anyone they decide is too frail to handle and operate a gun. Better to leave the elderly and the physically frail with nothing but their fists to fight off dangerous attacks. At one thirty in the morning when danger has broken into their home and stands at the foot of their bed? Well, thankfully for this 82-year-old would-be victim, he doesn't live under such nonsensical thinking. If a person is too frail to operate a firearm, how on earth can they be strong enough to physically ward off an attacker? And this man who has been prepared for danger's visit for 30 years, was a prepared and responsibly armed citizen on the night that danger arrived.
7: Man 82, Shoots and Kills Home Intruder, updated 542, November 4, 2016, Uniontown, Pennsylvania, An 82-year-old man used a gun that's been on his nightstand for 30 years to shoot a burglar in Uniontown early Friday morning. Uniontown police say the home invasion happened at 1.30 a.m. in the 100 block of Lenox Street. Police will not disclose the name of the homeowner, but they say he was awakened by a burglar and the two engaged in a physical confrontation. That's when the elderly victim reached for a gun that he's kept on his nightstand for 30 years. Police say the victim fired it for the first time. He had a skeleton mask and gloves. He said he demanded money. He told him he didn't have any money. An altercation started. He grabbed the firearm off his nightstand and fired one shot, and the actor ran out of the house, says says Sergeant Tom Kolansik of the Uniontown Police Department. The burglar died outside of the house after he was shot. Police identify him as Franklin Shrout, 46, from West Virginia.
3: Wow. First, I'm amazed. The ammo in that gun's been in there for 30 years. I know, I and had the
2: same thought. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> He's got to go out and practice. I mean, that spring in, well, they didn't say, was it a revolver or a semi-automatic? No, it,
3: didn't, it didn't, but 30, ammo does last that long. But hey, you know the other thing? If you're going to be a robber, probably not a good idea to go in a skeleton type mask and stuff because it kind of sends a message where you're going.
2: Mm, holy you know? cow. I mean... I mean, think about that. They they already did engage in a physical altercation. Somehow still the 82-year-old... In his house. In his While he's in bed sleeping. Yes. He was able to wake up and fight with a guy who's attacking him and still get a hold of his gun and still shoot this guy. I mean, probably... He probably served. Don't you think? I mean, I'm, I'm definitely I, thinking... He definitely
3: served that night.
2: Yeah. So... And thank goodness, because how many people would say, oh, you know, he's 82 and he probably shouldn't have a gun and, and thank God he did. Because, you know, it's not even just about that man's experience. If this robber is successful, what do you think he's going to do? Probably visit the neighbor, right? Maybe not on the same night, but then he'll visit the next neighbor. And this is how neighborhoods turn bad. But Dan has a few things to say. As part of his commentary.
6: Tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it.
3: California. Oh, no. California. (laughs) Come on. California voters approved Proposition 63 on Tuesday. 63 To thirty-seven.
2: That is no laughing matter. I shouldn't be laughing.
3: For all of you out there, Proposition 63, also known as a safety for all bill. Again, they hide that safety for all. Was proposed by California Lieutenant Governor Galvin Newsom. Calls for expanded background checks and all kinds of neat things. Rather than read the whole thing, I'll tell you what they are going to save us from. A reporting mandate of lost or stolen guns. Who doesn't do that already? If your gun gets stolen, a responsible gun owner has the serial number and he he reports it. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you need a law to do that? Large capacity magazines. Wait, large? Large large
2: capacity? What are we talking like? 100 rounds? 500 rounds? Um, What are we talking about? The
3: only large capacity that I'm concerned about is if it's like 40,000 rounds and I can't pick it up. But anyway. But what do they consider? They're saying 10 rounds or more. Anything over 10 rounds is large capacity. Illegal ammunition transfers. Did did you hear that right? Wait, what? So if I give you a bullet,
2: I broke the law. Whoa. Because I didn't, what, go through their new background check? Well, there's
3: more. Mm. Ammunition vendors licensing requirement. So to sell ammo in California, you have to have a vendor's license. That sounds like revenue for me. To me, doesn't it to you? Yeah, state revenue. Right. This is about money. This I mean, is not this. about
2: safety for all. This so, is about money for the state. So
3: you have a store, right? You can, you're limited on how much ammunition you can display. What? Limitations on ammunition. What, is it going to trigger people when they makes, walk in? Well, I guess, trigger, I guess so. That's yeah. too many boxes of ammunition Registration. right in front of me. Regist- Put it in the back room registration of ammunition sales and drumroll ammunition purchase permits to buy ammo in california this is law this is for real by january first two thousand nineteen you must have a permit to buy ammo okay so why am i even concerned because tell me one thing on that that actually serves purpose. None at all. Do you think a criminal is going to be concerned about having to register to buy ammo? Okay. I'm thinking no. I I don't think so. And how about, you know, people can reload ammo or what about this? I don't, in Arizona, we are not required to ask for ID to buy ammo if they're over 21. So that's for handgun ammo. So... Why wouldn't they just drive across the state lines? We're not breaking the law because we can sell ammo. They're breaking the law. They're making them criminals now because they're going to be breaking the law. But I don't know. Maybe me and James Brown need to come down there and clean that state up.
2: Well, I I just have one more thing to say about it. This proposition was not... One on merit or logic. It was based. Fear. It wasn't based in factual information. It was one in the court of emotion. We have to look to fight this battle in our culture, where gun owners are misunderstood and mischaracterized. This is this what, is not going to save any lives. What people. color?
3: What color is the state for, Cali- for California? What color is deeply, that? Deeply, deeply, deeply blue. And what? Sad what, and blue. What, uh, what, per, what person is crying about Obama, uh, uh, Trump being elected? Uh, the blue. Blue. They're very emotional, and that's what this law is. It was created by a bunch of very emotional people that use their emotions before putting a lot of thought into it and realizing that this bill does nothing.
2: Let me hear from you in California. Let me send you a constitution, a pocket constitution. Read it before the next time you go vote. It, it will change
3: your mind. They are free, by the way. And tell all your friends to get them too. See if you can break us because we'll send them. We will.
2: All right. Well, we got to wrap up. Until next time, please continue daily to pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. Yes. I agree with that. Yes. (laughs) Even the ones you don't like, and especially the ones you don't like. Be good to each other. Have a great week, and God bless.
6: (laughs) Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here... Did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since, evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny? But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it,